This week on Book Pile Banter, Sarah and Kim obsess over Ryan Gosling and Amberly mixes up Rocky with Blue Aliens. Welcome to Bookpile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and today we are going to discuss Project Hail Mary, which is by Andy Weir and was published in uh, this year, actually, in 2021, back in May, and is by Ballantine Books. The plot of Project Hail Mary is that Ryland Grace wakes up from a coma on a spaceship near an unknown star. He can't remember why he ended up there, but he knows that he is responsible for saving humanity. In the process of trying to save the world, he makes an unexpected friend. And we might sound a little different this week because we are actually finally in person again. We have not seen all of our faces in about a year and a half in one space. So we apologize if there's kind of weird background noises. Um, do you guys want to say hi? Hello. Hi. <laughs> you may witness murder today. You're not going to witness anything to listen. It's still witnessing. They're just not seeing it. <laughs> okay. So, this is also fun because all three of us have read this book again. <laughs> all three of us have read this book again. And, uh, well, let's let's start with you, Kim. Do you like this book? What do you I like? I love this book. I love it. Love it. Why? Because it's everything I love in a book. It's science and it's science fiction and it's... Um. <laughs> you okay over there, Sarah? I'm just getting ready for Daenerys to make more sounds. Yeah, she's trying to make her way into the middle of the table. To oh, yeah. I mean, cats are normal with us at yeah, this point. Yeah. It's to be expected. <laughs> but no, this is... I love Andy Weir's books. Well, okay, let me adjust that. I never read Artemis because I couldn't get past the beginning. Um, but... You like his Lone Spaceman books. I love his Lone Spaceman books. I love The Martian. I, I love this. I was within the first three pages, I was ready for the movie. So, yeah, I love <laughs> oh, this book. You have a fun fact about the movie because they've done, because they are doing a movie. They are doing a movie. They It had sold for movie production prior to it actually being published. And it's at this point supposed to star Ryan Gosling, which. Well, we'll get further into that, okay, why that we'll was a conflict there, right. for you originally, but it now was. you accept it. Now I'm good with it. I'm, I'm good with it. We, we can discuss that later. So, Sarah, how did you feel about the book? I liked it. Okay. I didn't love it. You didn't love it? Okay. Because I mean, I've read his other two books, Martian and Artemis. I definitely like both of those better. This one was... It's a book I might reread in the future, but I wouldn't be in any hurry to reread it again. So, I like this book better than the martian really i do yeah have you read the martian yes i've read the martian okay. I, just sure, yeah. I was making sure you just hadn't watched the movie no, no no i've read the martian okay i've read artemis too i liked i like this book better than the martian and wow. artemis wow I, I think this one i i do like the martian obviously because it's it's funny and it's, it sticks to reality. But I actually like this because I feel like this has been his most creative work. Artemis was kind of clunky 
in terms of how he handled the creativity in it. And I think in this one, he decided to pull it back to what he's most comfortable with and then explore that creativity. Because obviously, if you have not read the book, pause, go read the book before we start giving you spoilers. I think Rocky is the best thing ever. Oh my God, I love Rocky. <laughs> Do you love Rocky? I did think Rocky was the best part of the book. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I will say one of the things I struggled with, though, is is the solution was always Rocky could do it. Yeah, but he he pretty much gave an explanation for that. He they they were creatures of, that are engineers. Yeah, well, he is had, an engineer, right? He is an engineer, but as creatures, they have no vision. Yeah. So everything has to be done physically, and so they are very, very creative engineers and and i mean i think that's really plays out in the very end yeah when you get the the very end and they created an entire habitat for him to live in so he's a one-man zoo he is a one-man zoo <laughs> and they visit him all the time but no i i um yeah rocky was phenomenal and, and i just loved his little running around and demanding i love this scene when it was like watch me sleep it's just like i don't want to watch you sleep you must watch, watch me, me sleep, sleep. <laughs> that that was quite adorable it really was adorable um just them learning to function with each other and how well it went because usually they try, you know, a lot of sci-fi movies try to make, or sci-fi movies, ugh, uh, books try to make it that the alien is the conflict. The, yeah. the cooperation is the conflict, that it's just not possible. And it was actually kind of refreshing that in this situation, it was the exact opposite. They could work well to work together. It was external factors that created conflict for them. Yep. But they're... I mean, technically an alien was still the conflict. Yeah, because the astrophage was yeah. the conflict. Yes, but, but the, obviously not sentient. sentient. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was referring to. Is it was nice that a sentient alien wasn't the cause of the conflict. It was merely that they could function with each other to solve a tiny little microbe problem. Right? It was a microbe. I'm looking at you because you know science it's the a, best out of all of us. I was just reading it. Um, yeah, microbe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what? How did you feel about like the whole microbe thing? Um, I did think that was interesting, but that whole part of the book where it's going into the discovery of the astrophage, it was taking too long for me. Um, so the beginning kind of was dragging, and it really only got interesting for me when it was like holy fucking shit, and he sees the um that line with the which was fine or nice because it's like finally you curse rather than used to do the kids curses. As he's a school teacher, I know, but it's like. This is he. This character annoyed the shit out of me. Sorry, this the stuff out of me. Yeah, you can you cuss. No, I do. I cuss all the time. Yeah, yeah. We we cuss. We cuss. I feel like I am. No, but yeah. So um, so that whole part, I started to get bored with it. Even though I was initially very interested when it's like, oh, it's actually this microorganism. I was like, oh, that's cool. But I'm still having trouble getting into this book. Then the alien comes in. Then it gets interesting. Then he drags it out too long, and I started losing interest again. But it yeah. it is a very long book. It is is and it any of his writing is he delves into the details and and gets deep on them and it's very sciencey, very sciencey. Because I found I had I did have to break it. While I loved it, I had to break it up into sections because my mom was like or Kim was like. What, what what do you mean you stopped with 100 pages ago? And I'm like, I can, I can only do so much of the science at one point before that it starts to get glosses. should have been, like, super fast, but 
he continues to drag it on. So it's like, yes, at that point, I was like, there's like serious peril going on here. And you're thinking about experiments again, going into detail. And it's like, we get it, Andy Weir. You're a smart guy. You have to prove it with every single paragraph. That's, that's just how I felt, like, in this book especially. Like, The Martian, where he's figuring this stuff out, it's really cool. It's, like, you know, kind of unusual. This felt like The Martian Redux. And, again, it's just, like, he went into so much detail. And at a certain point, it's like, you're just showing off. Science majors do that. A lot of them, at least in like my classes and stuff, they just oh. they really want you to know all their specialized I th- knowledge. I <laughs> think that's like any prof- like any like educational professional because there were times in some of my library classes where people were like talking, and I was like, "Really, you had to say that in ten minutes? That I could have said that in two <laughs> two lines. Is was that necessary? Are you pr- are you trying well, to prove something I here? Think, I think the thing to really realize with the writer is when he wrote The Martian. Well, first of all, he wrote it and it was posted online in segments. Yeah. And so he had all this time to do all the math with the Martian and and do all of that. And then people are like, oh, my God, you have to publish this. So he self-published it. And then it became hugely popular as a self-published book. And that's when it was picked up for um, for publication. And that's when the scientists got a hold of it and did his math. And they went, the math is actually almost perfect. I remember hearing an interview and he, he, he said that um, for the Martian, his hitting Mars was off by 3% and people were like, oh my God, that's so great. And the scientist said, <laughs> yeah, you are off by 3%, you miss Mars <laughs> and you're in deep space. And so 3% is dead. actually a huge yes. margin. But for a non-astrophysicist to get within 3% of Mars is actually is, is phenomenal. So I think... He really likes to bask in the glory of the scientist saying, "Yeah, your scientist is your science is really good." So, well, and, and I'll say with all the science in it, um, it actually nods back to more of the classic science fiction, like like late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. This really nods back, I think, to more of like the the science, the early science books in the late 1800s, early 1900s, where you're getting like H.G. Wells and stuff. And they really did put all of that science in there, even if they didn't really have the science figured out. But by putting all the science in there and basically you convince the reader that my science is correct, whether it is or isn't, then allows them to believe the possibility that this kind of situation could happen. It kind of grounds the book in a way. Um, so it made me very much think of like H.G. Wells' books when you look at The Invisible Man or... Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. That's Burns. That that's Jules Burns. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but Sorry. That, is that is another example. example. It's another example. example. Yeah. Endless lists of fish. I've not actually read it. Martin's read it. Yeah. And, and he's just like fish. He just lists fish over and over and over again. So yeah, it's the same thing. It's, Up until about the mid fifties, it's what's very po- was very popular in science fiction, and especially when they were just exploring these sciences to be like, this is how I perceive science, and people are like, well, that's got to be how it is because that's what you're telling me. In reality, we don't know how to make an invisible man. We don't know have a, have a time machine. You know, we we don't have a Frankenstein kind of situation. But those authors did rely on giving you a sense of what the science would be. So I like that, like, I don't know if he did it on purpose, but I like that it kind of went back to that more traditional science fiction. I know that's not the science fiction you like. I mean, again, 
in moderation. <laughs> I do not need a lab manual where like full of all these random science experiments. It's like at a certain point, I want the plot to progress. I don't need to know how you're measuring gravity, which turns out to be pointless because you find the tool for it like a second later. And it's like, <laughs> then why did you just waste my time as a reader going through all this unless you wanted to show off how you can calculate gravity? But see, for me, that was, to- that was totally on par with this. So the thing we haven't discussed, he comes out of the coma. He has no clue who he is. None. Yeah. He, he doesn't even know his name. And is not allowed to function by this this robot arm until he could state his name. He is not allowed out of the room. He has to hide in corners naked because this robot arm is chasing him down because he doesn't know his name. Um, and so the science was a necessity for him and it's what triggered his memory. Because it was innate to who he is. Well, and I think it, it goes back to the idea that if you were to lose your memory... Are you going to remember like those deep, intimate parts of yourselves? Are you going to remember the thing that you did over and over and over and over again for your profession? So for him, he was a science teacher. Every day he taught people science and he was thinking science. That's how he used his brain. So him trying to get a handle on the situation by using science, I thought was actually pretty on par with him then not remembering his brain. It terrifies me as to what I would then sit there and recall. (laughs) <laughs> in that situation <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing old scripts I used to have to say for my jobs I'm like god that would be the only thing I could remember could you imagine that waking up Sarah from a coma and we are having those old scripts from our job in our brain back in the day I, I can't remember those old I can't remember them but I'm like that's what my brain would probably remember I'm pretty sure I would just panic and start screaming <laughs> <laughs> there are times when I wake up in the middle of the night I don't remember anything and I just like yeah. You know, just start panic and screaming. <laughs> panic for half a second. Like, oh, oh yeah. okay. I was just, <laughs> just but thinking. I definitely don't come up with the call center recording. <laughs> <laughs> Although having never been in a real coma, you never, I never know. know. <laughs> but anyway, I liked I liked the the science of it. Um, and yes, it, it. So I also listened to the book. I didn't read the book. And then I tried to read the book, but I didn't get it until Monday. And then I've been very busy since Monday, and I managed to get 85 pages in. So 100 pages a day, and you could have had it done. I told you this. <laughs> I don't have 100 pages yeah, of time. And, and, exactly. But um, the science of it is what I loved of it, is, is um, him, I mean, just figuring out where he was. And then and that would trigger one memory or something that he saw on the screen or the, the, the so mission patches, all it, of that triggers memories. Yes, Sarah. Also, I want to say that, um, what book were we talking about where we talked about flashbacks? I was about to mention we that. Were, that was going to yeah, be Six yeah. of Crows and Crooked and Kingdom. No flashbacks. <laughs> it, 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 I was lying It was to. so funny because we, we actually discussed it. I don't see them as flashbacks. Yes, they are flashbacks. It's a way to tell the story, but I, it's not a flashback. It's not like he's going along and then he's like suddenly stops in time and he remembers, you know, this thing and he tells you about this thing in his past. Instead, he sees something and that triggers a memory, which then tells us what was happening to him. I know, but when I came across that first like I know, flashback, I, know. I just laughed. I, I giggled. Give me such <laughs> shit about <laughs> this. Which yeah, I will say that the flashbacks um, were not as annoying as they can be in other books. 
At a certain point, though, it was like, okay, this is enough information about what happened. Let's focus. But on it the whole led thing. to something really, really, really important. And I actually liked the flashbacks because, again, this book was giving me like past. Yeah, pause. Okay, so what I loved about these books, particularly when we were discussing the flashbacks, is it actually gave me serious '90s like movie vibes, like Armageddon and Deep Impact. Where they have to do the whole, the world's in peril, we have to solve it. So I enjoyed the flashbacks because it very much made me think of those movies on top of giving me the the science fiction book vibes. Um, I actually really badly want to watch Armageddon now. <laughs> you could. We own it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys got those same vibes, but it very much reminded me of like Jurassic Park and all that kind of stuff. Jurassic Park doesn't have flashbacks. Not the, not the flashbacks, flashbacks, the tones of the, the flashbacks. Tone. The tone oh, of the end of the world mm-hmm. and all of that. See, I didn't have seen like Armageddon or, or Deep Impact. Um, You've never seen those? I think I might have seen scenes from Deep Impact. I don't believe that's the one where like some people don't ask for it, right? No, that's Armageddon. Shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Deep Impact's the one with the giant wave. The tsunami. That your childhood was missing out severely. Shouldn't have been because tsunamis don't they don't crest but anyway we won't we won't we won't i didn't say that the 90s science the 90s end of the world movies were like no 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 armageddon was probably not accurate either no they're not you don't think so i think there's like a volcano in los angeles too yeah i think that that was newer really bad especially for somebody who loves (laughs) and i think that was a newer movie i'm talking about like 90s to early that wasn't the 90s. no that was 90s oh was it 90s yes. okay like, it might have been 2000s where maybe we'd have to yeah. look it up to know but yeah no um no there's there's not going to be a volcano in los angeles no. not going to happen i feel bad for your childhood that you did not i like watched armageddon like every other week my father is obsessed with it could quote lines quote lines out of it i mean i saw jurassic park i don't so you're not severely lacking only partially lacking in childhood good movies did you ever see Gladiator? No. Oh, movie about gladiators. I have no interest in that subject, even as a child. <laughs> Your movie going experiences were lacking. Anyway. Patriot. Did you ever watch The Patriot? Would you watch The Patriot? Am I right? Is that the one I'm thinking of with, with Mel Gibson? And yeah. Heath Ledger? Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of Braveheart. Sorry. Um, you're thinking of Braveheart? <laughs> no, I haven't seen Patriot, and I only saw part of Braveheart. I... It, it just let it go. Okay. Let so, it go. We're, anyway. we're discussing Hail Mary, Project Hail Mary. So, well, but the book does give me strong, like, 90s, early 2000 vibes in terms of those, like, apocalyptic movies where the world potentially is going to end. But it, and... doesn't, it doesn't remind you of any of these po- post apocalyptic, like, I don't even know. The, um... I know. What, the the more current things, the more the the teen post apocalyptic, oh, all of the these adult stuff, young adult stuff that dystopian. It, every dystopian, everything is just yeah. it doesn't really. Give no, 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 no. It gives me that massive, massive like we've got to solve this problem or else this is going to happen sort of vibe. Um, not the the world has ended, so we have to survive the world ending kind of vibe. Okay, seventeen year old children need to save the world. <laughs> hey, those seventeen year olds we've determined are you know. Plucky. Something else. Plucky, plucky. Very <laughs> plucky. Yes, thank uh, God there was no plucky teen in this book. Yeah. Okay, we don't know Rocky could have been a plucky teen. <laughs> Rocky might have been a plucky teen, a married plucky teen, but a plucky, plucky teen. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So. 
So was, was, cause you kind of said it, but was Rocky too much of a, I want to say Hermione, uh, a, a Mary Sue, uh, whatever you want to phrase it as. He, he did at times, I may say this wrong because it's Latin. And he's, there were times where he was in Exedimahana. Yep. Where, and I, I, I'm sure I butchered that. I'm nearly positive. So your dad texted me, Armageddon was from 1998. Just in case we were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not in here quoting the lines. <laughs> anyway. So, um, he was at times an Exedimahana um, where if Grace couldn't do it, Rocky magically could. His people magically had the special mineral. His people magically... <laughs> Let's see what he had to say. It's going to keep... You need to not put that on the table. <laughs> A Volcano? 1997. Is that the movie? Mm. In Los Angeles. It tells the story for the of the head for the Los Angeles County Office of Emergency Management. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. Lava anyway. flow in Los Angeles, nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah. So it's all the same time apparently. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I was thinking of the one that was recent that starred um The Rock. Oh, you're thinking of the Sandrius. Oh. Yeah, that one. That was the one I was thinking of because you know <laughs> that one's sadly more accurate. <laughs> Anyways, the book Rocky. We were discussing Rocky. I, I I did find at times that like the miracle of Rocky can just do it. I loved his six arms. I loved the idea of... Was it six or five? I don't know. It was five. I okay. The, the idea of two arms are over <laughs> here doing one thing, two yeah. arms are over here doing yeah. another thing. And that one's clean, too. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> How do you get symmetry with five limbs? It's kind of weird. Four and one extra? Right, but usually with, like, symmetrical... I don't know. It's like you get four legs, you get six legs, you don't get an odd number. I need Rocky Obviously, art. You know. I need Rocky, I need Rocky, art. Rocky sure. art. Actually, I've seen it. I I I don't know where. Probably, who knows? I bilateral symmetry. Um, I think that kind of speaks to what the main character's whole thing was. We have a view of how life could possibly develop on other planets and it's based on our own experiences that's where in the beginning he's talking about he wrote a paper saying that life doesn't require water but then he discovers they do find alien life and it has water but then he later finds rocky and, and while and rocky has water it's not a it's it's it's, it's not a it's, surviving factor yeah um, and i think the symmetry we assume mm-hmm. because everything that we have here has symmetry that on another planet it must have symmetry and i think that's why rocky had didn't have symmetrical legs it was it was a statement being made yeah i do wonder maybe like once for echolocation so like it actually just like juts forward so two on each side and then one just just juts forward for echolocation because i couldn't figure out how that worked with him if it was like so (laughs) okay i'm i'm realizing now where i have the image in my head and i won't say where so I have not seen drawings of Rocky, but I've seen something uh, drawings of something else that has five legs. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. People can guess if they can. Um, but uh, I'm no. mildly concerned. Okay. <laughs> it's Hogwarts mystery. One of the creatures. In oh, Hogwarts is yeah, like it's spider animal. with like fur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. I don't feel so stupid because um, I can figure out what. It was. Sarah's like okay. It's a video game. <laughs> 
Yeah. Phone game. Yeah. So The one we were playing in England? No, 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 no. That's a different one. This is one that's got like a storyline to it. It's yeah. not like a, not like a Pokemon Go sort of situation. So. But anyway. Yeah. That's where I, I'm yeah. Like, I've seen the image before. Yeah. But, so because I've seen that, for me, the fifth leg is. Just behind. Leg. It's like a more of a stabilizer. A butt leg, a tail. I saw the like limbs coming out like. Every direction. <laughs> yeah, basically like in a ring basically around where his little head unit would be. Yeah. Um, yep. So, because we're talking about other things, and I, I have to be fair and mention this. So, as I was reading this, I was also reading a romance bo- novel called Ice Planet Barbarians. And I never recommend reading sci fi books simultaneously because I was having really weird, conf- like, like wires were crossing because. In one, it's these giant blue aliens and they're falling in love with these women. And then in another, it's Grace and the spider thing. And there were times where I was like, come on, Grace. Come on, Rocky. You got to fall in love now. That's the point we've hit in this book. And then I'm going, wait. God, I'm so glad they didn't take that angle. <laughs> but they did. But not, not, like, not, not physical, physical, not romance love. No, not romance love. But they, <laughs> they did... But again, it, yeah. I mean, or, I, I but was, yeah, it was it was a very conflicting story going on. Oh, <laughs> uh, and anyone who's actually read *Is Planet Barbarians* will understand how conflicting that could potentially be. Um, but I did enjoy the fact that between saving his own life and saving his friend, Grace did choose his friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't know that I could do the same. Not in space. I don't know, like, <laughs> and I'm looking at Sarah because she's my friend. I'm like saying, would I save Sarah in space? I definitely would not have gone on that ship in the first place. Well, he didn't want to go in the I first know, place. I know, I know what you're So that, that to me is the big reveal of the flashbacks is you finally get to the point where, true, yeah. where you suddenly find out. Oh, oh he's a coward. Well, he's an he's... absolute coward and did not choose to go and was shanghaied. I mean, not a hero. No, no, he is not a hero. But he is a hero. But I feel like a lot of people would not have volunteered to go on that trip. So I wouldn't necessarily call him a coward. Oh, I would call him a coward. He was fl- he was trying to run out of the room. They had to basically <laughs> tackle him, drug him, and drag him to the spaceship. He didn't want to die. <laughs> he was going to die anyway. So I think I think the fair if thing... If he didn't go... Humanity would have died, but like... And him with it... was old... <laughs> So I know it's like you wouldn't really want to live to see the end of the world. Exactly. You, but also like the concept of like going and committing suicide. I don't know. I don't know that I'd be able to like commit suicide to avoid dying unpleasantly from like starvation or something. So it's like a lose-lose no matter what. So I have to before and point out that being a coward is not necessarily a bad trait. We as we as humans tend to see it as a bad trait, but it's a survival instinct. Yeah. And so yeah. I think it's fair to say that he was a coward on a survival instinct level. But see, I think if you look deeper into him, he was a coward on many levels. Well, yeah, he was. He, wrote a, his he had paper commitment and phobia. As, it, as soon as somebody ridiculed it, he fled this. And and arguably, he and they even said so. He could have been the leader in his field of um, exobiology. Yeah. And but because they criticized his paper, he fled and became. Not even a, just a science teacher, a middle school science teacher, which I think is saying a lot because middle school is horrific for yeah. anybody, teachers, 
students. It's middle school is. Awful. I do remember my sci- middle school science teacher better than any of my science teachers. So yeah. if they're good, they're good. Yeah. If they're not, it's not a great experience. I don't remember a middle school teacher teaching me the e equals mc squared equation. Yeah, I don't know that my Some middle of the school science that he seemed to be doing did not like. Yes, but he was a doctorate level. I know, but like he would like reference it as if this was something that he taught his students every time, like all the time. Like he would have them memorize that formula. Like, I guess that might be something that he individually does, but like uh, that's not what we were learning in that. Like, it, sixth I grade. think it would depend because let's see, mm-hmm. yeah, because I remember science and we did physical science, I science too. and we did. Um, biology so those because i did a two-year middle school yeah so the I first year was year. physical science and the second year was biology where you you know you look at cells through the thing yeah um no e equals mc squared i do remember us discovering discussing evolution and that was yeah. a big thing and yeah well and I, again i think that the comes down to that as a middle school science teacher he was highly overqualified so he might have been doing that because he was overqualified that's the best way he could simple it down for his students yeah um why teach them that if they don't need to know? <laughs> I mean, we teach a lot of children a lot of things that maybe aren't the most practical things that they need to know, and then don't teach them what they actually need to know. But that's a whole other conversation. But they, they, the, and Andy Weir made it very much seem like he was a very popular science yeah. teacher. Um, but I think that him ending up in middle school science is a further testament of his cowardice. He, yeah. he is not willing to face confrontation. It's just like the 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 woman that was managing this entire strut. project, Strat in um, Strat S T R U S T R U T T. I thought it was R A. I was reading in the semi dark because the power is still out. Um, oh yeah, we're doing this Strat. Sorry, S T R A T T. Yeah, Strat. Um, she just barreled over him. She manipulated his spine. Him. Well, I mean, she did that to pretty much everyone. Right, but she, I mean, she waited until, because she statistically knew something was going to fail. She statistically knew one of the people was going to fail. She statistically knew that she needed somebody to replace one of those people. And she set him up from minute one all the way through to the end. And then when he didn't volunteer, she clubbed him over the head I'm... and dragged him onto the ship i will say that was the huge like fallacy in the flashback portion that really threw me off the fact that they were letting those two scientists hook up they're like they can't be on the same helicopter they can't be in da 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 and then they're like oh but we're hooking up you know we got to get our dollies somewhere i'm like the fact that they were letting the two of you in the same room yeah. Well, the odds of a room randomly blowing up is a lot lower than a helicopter crashing. I mean, yeah. it's pretty good when you're dealing with like yeah, but I mean, things like, that blow up. <laughs> Being <laughs> astrophage. Yeah. Yeah, but like in that scenario, they're experimenting together, which was sloppy, obviously, on there. But like just hooking up, like they wouldn't necessarily be doing like, dangerous science. And it might have been you know? viewed. I, 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 because I had to reason with myself. It's like, yeah. why are they not? These people are sacrificing their lives. Yeah. They're basically the condemned, so... Yeah. Oh, no, like, I know. You know they, but yeah, they shouldn't have let them experiment together. together. Yeah. But I, I vaguely thought at the time that they were doing an experiment that really wasn't condoned. So yeah. I, I would have to read it again. I didn't... Yeah, I, I, I read that recently, and it, it was that... I think they claimed that they were doing one experiment, then... Dubois bullied the sample out of someone. The person had accidentally mis... Yeah, I the amount. Checked, checked out the sample and they had filled it in. They 
put too much of it in or whatever and they didn't know. They were given the wrong amount. Anything wrong yeah, they were given the wrong testing. Right. He was doing something that they didn't necessarily want to test. It was something that Strat was like, no, we have a fail safe for that. And he's like, well, I would like to know if we can achieve this in case it comes up. And she went, no, we're fine. And he went and tested it anyways. Du- Dubois was touch- testing something that he wasn't supposed to be, te- like he was told not to test. I don't remember that part. I just remember the part that they had miscalculated the sample or whatever when they were. Yeah, no, he was something about the spin drives he was testing. Um, Yeah, I I vaguely remember. Again, I listened to it. So the details aren't as as embedded. But yeah, he was messing with the spin drives. And I think they felt the spin drives were pretty fail safe. Well, and he wanted to know if he could do a modification in case they needed the modification. They were saying you shouldn't need to do that modification. So don't don't mess with it. And then he went and messed with it anyways. And he was given the wrong amount and then blew up. So that that's what that that scenario was. But I still think it was weird that they were allowed to be in the same rooms as each other because someone could come in and shoot them all. I... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that was I think the only thing in the entire book, oddly enough, that I was like, this is a little sketch. Um, I could believe Strat not telling him that he was one of them keeping him around without like explaining him why him not fighting being kept around because he clearly wanted to do the science but didn't have the strength to be like I'm gonna stick around other than when he initially they initially took the sample from him and he said no I need to know more um but that's because of his kids I just yeah. I literally just read that yeah. scene and, and it was all because he because he had left gone back to teaching and his kids started asking him questions about what was happening with the son and that's when he went oh wait a minute Somebody I care about is going to be affected by this. Yeah. Um, and, and yet the he... kids didn't keep him from not wanting to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kind of freaked out at that moment. It was actually yeah. pretty, I, I found it to be a pretty hilarious scene. This, yeah. This guy is trying. And that's, so So we'll get into Ryan Gosling. And, and so when I first started reading this, I very much saw the Martian character i saw matt damon i saw this this stoic yeah i'm I'm in this planet and i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do the math and i'm gonna survive and um i don't care for ryan gosling at all as an actor there's nothing i've seen him in that i have enjoyed watching him in so knowing that he was gonna play whom i thought was a historic or heroic character i was just like "Mm -mm, no no and then he turns a complete coward. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, right. Gosling can do this character. I'm okay with this now. So yeah, yeah that's I remember, my. I remember when you mentioned that, but I was thinking Ryan Reynolds, and I was like, oh, I'd like yeah. to see Ryan Reynolds. Oh, God. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds would be hilarious. Ryan Reynolds does make a good coward. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Just... <laughs> oh, you guys don't have my opinions of Ryan Gosling. <laughs> so I will tell you, smarmy is the word that comes to oh, my mind when I think of like. Yeah, I'll say it. It's kind of a ratty face. Yeah. <laughs> she does. No. So neither of these two find Ryan Gosling remotely attractive. No. They don't like the roles he's in. I don't like. I haven't seen that many movies with my Oh, I've seen a couple. I haven't seen his more recent stuff. I've seen a couple, a bunch of his older um, stuff, but I did like his older stuff. There was that movie with Emma Stone, and then there was Drive. There's been multiple movies with Emma Stone. I don't know. <laughs> did did he just, one of them. So he just did a science film where he played... Um, think it was him where he played one of the at the our original astronauts and i love 
astronaut shows. I love, I watch it, and I didn't watch it because I couldn't mm -hmm. stand the idea of... What are you talking about? Didn't, okay, I'm was looking it an up. Apollo movie? Yeah, I think it was one of Apollo them. Apollo 11? The first yeah, one I ever yeah. Uh, so it's about um, 2018. Uh, Neil um, Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. Yeah. Uh, I've not seen it. I haven't either because I refuse to Ryan watch Gosling. it because it's got Ryan oh, Gosling in it. I'm indifferent to it having Ryan Gosling in it. I just haven't seen it. I love the, the anything about this, about U.S. space. All of it. I've I've seen them all except for that one. So to be clear, Kim's biggest disappointment in life is that one of her children did not become an astronaut. It is true. <laughs> I tried on every single one of them. Don't you want to be an astronaut? Wow. Here, put together this this very intricate model of of a spacecraft, and they're like, no, no. Well, yes, yeah. we're disappointments because Lost none of us but, became astronauts. Yeah, no, 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 became astronauts. Now she's trying with the grandbaby. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's he's fine. Oh, Daenerys. Sing us the song of your people. <laughs> oh, that worked. <laughs> I do not perform my command. But anyway, so I'm better with Ryan Gosling in this role. I'm, I'm not because he is playing a smarmy coward. Yeah, um, Daenerys, please. So I'm I'm not happy about it. I like I said, I don't like. He would do better. I love Ryan Reynolds in anything. Oh, all right. So they CGI Rocky. Is that gonna work? You think it's gonna work? Uh, I don't know. It depends on how much money they put into it. Yeah, I'm trying I to think that practical effects would work pretty well if they did them right. I'm trying to figure out how they make Rocky live action as adorable as he is in the book, when he's supposed to look like a weird spider. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know that they can. I don't. I I think it has to be CGI. I think they have to get, come up with a good. Which there's good CGI. I yeah. just I don't think I think yeah, I think good, something about Rocky's going to be missed in the translation, in terms of taking the character. For... It's going to be interesting how they how they write it as a script because and I pointed this out to you in the book. Every time Rocky speaks, they write musical notes. When you listen to the ebook, they make musical notes. And then the translation occurs. So yeah. all of that. So they'll do the musical notes, um, and then we'll do the translation. So it, it it worked in the in the not ebook the audio book. Yeah. Um, I still I'm not sure. Because a lot of what's funny about it is not only exactly what Rocky says, but ryland's interpretation of because he he puts a spin on on what rocky's saying he makes it funny yeah it will be very interesting not having the internal monologue in the movie like how are they going to do that Cause it'll probably be the like Martian some sort of space stop internal monologue yeah was, yeah it was, well, but what they how the movie once. how they did it was he's speaking he's he's doing a oh, diary. recording he's, yeah every, oh. astronauts do constant diaries of everything That's they're right. doing and so that was a constant diary, so a It'll, variation of that, that will be done. Yeah, well. I don't because he does. Ryan he does. Gosling his... is as talented as Matt Damon to be able to pull that off. I know he's not as talented as Matt Damon to pull that off. Because it'll be note taking in this case. Because he's taking notes the entire time. Because he gets to the end of it and discussing about the books he wants to write. Yeah. So or he could just be narrating. I guess. Yeah. In the background. Yeah. Well, it'll be narrating in the background, but it'll be narrated as is note taking. 
through the entire process yeah. opposed to talking to a recording. Um, and he, he even brings up, I believe, if I remember correctly in the beginning, that he starts the note-taking because he's trying to remember everything he's recalling. Mm-hmm. And so he it's it's that process of, yeah. I might forget something as I'm going along, so he starts the note-taking. Because I remember that being an, an actual thing that he started in the book. Well, of course, when it got really interesting is when Rocky appeared. And I was glad that he did do such a strange kind of life form for Rocky as opposed to where you get at least in like a lot of the popular sci-fi movies and stuff where you just get basically humans with like face paint right aliens right um or blue fur or something um so it was really cool blue fur. Yeah. sorry ice planet barbarians is <laughs> they have blue suede skin <laughs> uh, of course they do <laughs> Like a sofa. Um, With ridges. Okay, now just let it go. Everywhere. Let it go. <laughs> for pleasure, I suppose. Exactly. Um, that is, I think, said by many of the main characters in that book. Oh We're not discussing God. that series. It's probably a good, good thing. But no, I agree with you. I, I liked the idea that he was... I'm just glad it wasn't a cockroach. You can handle a spider, not a I cockroach. I can handle a spider. But the cockroaches in, like, Men in Black, too. Those are pretty cool. <laughs> okay. Well, I- no, no, no. I, I have a deep fear. You oh, don't- that's right. You don't like cockroaches. I don't, no, I have a deep phobia of cockroaches. It's not even I don't like cockroaches. There was one time at work where a cockroach was between me and the door when we used to have those small office spaces, and I was cowering in the corner of my office because I could not pass it to get out the door to go ask someone. I lucked out, and one of the guys in the warehouse came in, and they're like, hey, what's up? I'm like, can you get rid of that? I couldn't pass it. It was in front of the door. <laughs> I could not take myself over it. So, yeah, I am glad that Rocky is not a cockroach because that tends to be the go-to as well as cockroaches. That's because they'll survive anything. Mm. Yes, but I'm glad he's not a cockroach because I could not have done it. I would have looked at you guys and been like, nope, not continuing to read this because cockroach. (laughs) I hate saying the word. (laughs) So... But yes, a good point in the book is is the fact that Rocky is not typical. No. I love the scene where the, the robot's on the outside. Why no, the I robot came across as humanoid? Yeah. And it's waving. <laughs> and it's like, how does, it have, how does he make such complex robots? I know he's an engineer, but it's like his kind haven't, they haven't even, they didn't invent like a transistor, as like something like that. And yet they've got this complicated robot that can somehow... He talks in about it in the, the fact that their environment is so harsh. But it's like, how can he build such a complicated robot? I just, it just right, but the assumption right of the transistor is is the hearing of it. And if I remember correctly, and I'm 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 going going deeper into the it's weeds. Like if they don't have Rocky. computers, how can they like? If they don't have computers, like how is he controlling the robot? Like, but I, I think that was the kind of the fun of it is is we don't understand and i well two things one we don't understand how their process works um and it's interesting to think that possibly another life form could develop similar things to us without going through the same process as us and the other thing to keep in mind is that rocky was an engineer not a science scientist so it's possible that the scientists of his people understand how that functioned or understood some of those concepts, not all of them, but Rocky didn't have that 
educational upbringing and his people to be able, because there were many times where Rylan's like, oh, this, and, and Rocky goes, my scientists would know that. I don't know. I just make it. Um, and I think that was a, a good way to not have to have to explain how their science this, functioned. Rocky didn't know. Scientists. Yeah, Rocky just knew scientists. how to make the things. And I've, I think it's it's a lot of engineers, mechanics and all that, that a lot of the times they may not, they may know how something functions and how to make it work, but they may not be able to explain to you how it evolved that way or more complex notions behind it. They know how to make the item in front of them work and how to adapt it. Um, but we still know that they didn't have computers and yet they had a really complicated robot on the outer hall. Yeah. Somehow I, control. I, yeah, but I don't know. It just seems weird, especially because he goes into, he goes to such pains to make his own science very specific. So it almost seems like he just can't think of a way. And so he just kind of, puts but it see, in I there. think it, I think it again ties back to the original premise that we were talking about in the beginning is a lot of our assumptions are these things have to happen on that because they happened here, they have to happen elsewhere. And I think he's saying this is this is kind of a false assumption. Um, it's just for a long time, it, it, it there wasn't any belief that there was anything living in the bottom of the ocean because there was no sunlight down there. Well, then they discovered there are organisms living in volcanic fissures, and and it, the heat and the chemicals allow these organi- organisms to survive. And there is no sunlight down there. Or you even you take it just to humanity itself and the fact that you can have pockets of humans in different locations and they develop similar concepts and notions and ways of doing things, but they maybe didn't have the exact same concept. I mean, you look at, say, how Aztecs used stars and sun and all that versus how Europe was using it. And they could get it, what? I thought that was alien. <laughs> We are not discussing ancient aliens. I'm kidding. I don't believe in ancient aliens. Well, where did the pyramids come from? Exactly. But that's anyway. the thing. It's in, is actually that's a good example. We it have is. in Egypt individuals building pyramids. We then have in England people building things like Stonehenge. They developed similar ways to move rock without well, ever communicating with each other. In South America. Yeah, they all developed ways to move things. Without maybe doing it the exact same way. And I think that's kind of what the notion here is, is that Rocky's people developed similar things based off of what they could do. Well, and then they, and a went, lot of- they went from their progression to discovering that their star was going to die. And so they took profound leaps in what they knew in order to get into space, in order to solve the problem. You could take that back to the space race. There are things that we did in the space race that lead people to believe we actually haven't made it to the moon yet because they don't believe we went from we barely had computers to we're landing on the moon in the amount of time we had. And they can't believe that we did it. But we did because it was a goal and we set that goal. And and I think it's implied in the book that Rocky's culture had that necessity for a leap because they had to get into space or die. And, and they may have had some kind of computer. The other thing I'm remembering in all of this is that, um, oh. is that in all of this, they didn't have light. So what Rocky was looking at a computer. Yeah, it's like, so how did they discover that their star was dimming? Uh, it's explained. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. But so what they knew as a computer 
versus what we know as a computer might have been two totally different concepts. They may have had a kind of computer system, but the way that Rocky well, was identifying a computer was different. Use, we use computers for, for basically complex math. That's, that, that is the essential essence of they could do the math in their heads. Rocky could do math like that. There was, That's right. He could do math. Yeah. 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 So he was the computer. So their brains didn't need this aid. But then Rocky recognized the aid that that provided because it provided him different things that he didn't have access to. And then he had to figure out a way to be able to see the light because he couldn't see the light. So yep. he had to translate that. Okay, so we're picking back up here again. We had to stop there for a moment because we're doing this whole recording in person. Thanks. There might be a slight hiccup. I apologize for that. So the next thing we're going to discuss is Strat. And the fact that I appreciated that she was female but didn't have to act feminine. Yes. Um, it was it was nice. In fact, I have right here a quote. It's not sexism, it's realism. She righted a strand of hair that had not that had blown into her face. My guidelines were that all candidates must be heterosexual men. Yep. And I couldn't argue with her logic. Logic. I wanted to. I wanted to be like, oh God, how dare you? You know, women can do this too. But when it comes down to not wanting the conflict of two men and a woman or two women and a man and being trapped together for significant periods of time, it made sense. Well, except Um, for they were going to be comatose, so... Well, but they had to function at certain points, and they didn't know at that point that they, at least at this point in the book... Or at this point in the flashback, I don't think they had established they could put them in coma for four right. years. Right. Um, in fact, I think once they did determine that it was coma for four years, she opened up her willingness to reluctantly yeah. allow women. But I, I can understand the reasoning of the logic that it could be a problem. I think any three people trapped in a room for an extended period of time is going to cause... Well, I think you're going to have sexual tension no matter what. So. Yeah. Uh, but I, I appreciate she was unequivocal, like, unapologetically... Straight, straightforward, assertive, and it wasn't, I have to prove myself No, as they like to make females who are that strong. It's, it's, you know, it's not a, I have to prove myself. It was, I have to get this done and no one else is stepping up to do it the way I need it done. So I'm doing it. I like the fact that, that she was given the power. She assumed the power. And she asserted the power all over the place. She she was in charge of this, and she had been given this power, and everyone, and she knew there would be consequences, and she was okay with having yeah, to pay yeah. out the consequences. And she didn't think she was getting an all-encompassing, continuing veto. Right. She knew that when it came down to it, she was likely going to be Which roasted. Is so silly. It's like if you're doing these things to save the world, what? But you're. Like, then why would they punish you for it? Like, but we like to punish them. Diplomatically, <laughs> once, she, once the world was saved, we tend to forget. And then we punish those who stepped on the toes of it's everybody so else to get there. Stupid. It's wrong, I know. It is, but it's how we as a society function in order to avoid escalating wars. Um, it's one of the things I like about his books, The Martian. Yeah. Same thing with, with uh, the crew on the spaceship and, and, and NASA's contingent um he writes scientists very very well there's there was uh, donald glover's character which was phenomenal um he was the math guy and 
he he didn't care what anybody thought. Yeah. He didn't even know who the director of NASA was. He was talking <laughs> to him. And, and meanwhile, the director of NASA is just like, nope, this is the way it's going to be. And um, Andy Weir writes scientists very, very well because mm-hmm. they are very unique personalities. And, and That makes me think of the one show that went over Chernobyl recently, and they did that with the scientists there too, the recognition that scientists, and I think scientists proved that a couple of years ago, um, when they were doing like all the marches and stuff where if, if you're not going to trust us, then we're going to just tell you the facts and yeah. you're the stupid person who then doesn't trust the facts I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, and I think he emulates that and his scientists is it's, this is A, B and C. And if you don't believe it, there's not much it's I can not do my fault. It. Yeah. I'm not going to convince you that's the fact. Yeah. <laughs> so I did like that. And then I will say on the flip side, the other thing that I was looking at and thinking about is there's a certain idealism in this book that takes place between Dr. Grace and Rocky that would not. What do you mean? Dorian, you can't have everything your way. So I was going to say, I have a quote for it. There's a certain idealism. And so, he goes, um, Ryland goes, ah, the C word, culture. We have an unspoken agreement that cultural things just have to be accepted. And it's like, it's like a stab in the fact that we as people just do not go, ah, culture, that's acceptable. So that's that idealism. Yeah, is, is there yeah. are certain things that just he allows to magically function between Rocky and him, where it's nice that it's not a source of conflict, but at the same time, it is very idealized. But I think that quote right there proves mm-hmm. they didn't just magically allow it to happen. They communicated with each other and said, this is my culture, you don't get to judge it, and, and okay, I have to respect that because it is your culture and I don't know it. Yeah. It's easier because they're two completely yeah, different. it's like Rocky's yeah. culture doesn't have any bearing on yeah, right, Ryland's. Right, Ryland's, yeah. Yeah. And so they were able to set those boundaries, whereas we look at another human being and we assume that human being has to function the same way we do because they look like us. I know. Um, until, you know, we get caught up on silly things like skin tone or... or Sexual preference. Sexual preference or, you know, any number of things. Self-identification. That, yeah, that we get caught up on that we can't then just go, well, this person looks like me. So, you know, we, we have to, yeah. Which, again, like I said, it was nice, but also at the same time, I was like, uh, that, that seemed like a a slightly easy cop-out to just be like, oh, we just agreed. Um, yeah, but they conflicted, too. There was yeah. a lot of conflict between the only, them The only also. major conflict I can think of is when Rocky clearly did not want to be watched being eaten. <laughs> you know, not being eaten. Being, being eaten. I wouldn't want to watch being eaten They didn't want to be watched. While he was eating. Uh, <laughs> but demanded to be watched while he was sleeping. Yes. But once Ryland put it all together. Yeah. And went, oh, okay, they can't see. Yeah. If you're going to sleep, you're going to want somebody watching you so you don't end up dead. Yeah. Also, well, yeah. they were paralyzed and physically yeah, yeah. waking up. So they're yeah. Helpless. Yeah. Um, but then you can also apply that to eating. Their, their eating was not a pleasant process. Which is weird, because then he passes out instantly. I'm like, how do you know then? How does the rest of his species know to, like, then come watch him while he's sleeping post-eating? Probably because he tells them that he's going to. Then he just, like, dropped. The way 
Yeah. Grace described it. He just dropped. Well, maybe that's because Grace was already there, but maybe in a different scenario. Well, I think Grace insisted he be allowed to be there when he was eating. Grace, yeah. Grace yeah. said, I want to watch this. And Rocky was like, no. And Grace said, hey, I've, I've complied with these things. So now you're going to comply with this. Um, whereas I think probably within their culture, it's, okay, I'm going to go eat now. You know how long the eating process is going to take, and you know that they're going to be then unconscious afterwards. So you come after that to watch them sleep. Okay, fair, yeah. fair. It was, like I said, it was just a weird, weird moment. It was weird. <laughs> it sounded disgusting. But again, it's, you know, they felt it was disgusting. Oh, see, I didn't sound, think it sounded disgusting. I think it just sounded weird. I don't know. It's just like you spit something out and you put something else back in. Yeah. That didn't seem... And then you lay there like a snake who's eaten. <laughs> that's Dove. No, no, that's, no, no. That's a cough. That's a cough. Oh, okay. that a <laughs> Is it... Vomit yeah, sounds. well, yeah. you know, when you heard it a lot recently, you, you know the difference. <laughs> Differentiated. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think of what else we can discuss. I think this is going to end up being just a... Sorry about that. I think it's going to end up being a slightly shorter episode than later, and I think that's part of what people don't know is we're sitting here in the dark recording. Yeah. Um, so we can't really, like, look through our books to... <laughs> I mean, there's adequate sunlight. Not for reading, referencing written things. <laughs> um, not from my side <laughs> of the table. Um, I mean, there's just... Other than Rocky and him and his many experiments, there's not a lot. It's really weird because I know you like science, but the thought of all I those experiments do. just bothers you. It, it's, it was fine in the beginning. It's just after a certain point in time, it's like, I like the story to progress. I don't need to know the nitty gritty just so that you can prove that you know science. I know you know science. Yeah, and that's, the book just, would have only been like a third long. <laughs> or like two thirds. Honestly, if it had lost 100 pages, I probably wouldn't have noticed and wouldn't have really cared that much. Oh, um, see, I loved it all. I and, and, and a lot of it is because, I one, I don't, I'm not a science, scientist. I'm not a scientific person. I don't, I'm horrible at math. I'm horrible at science. But I love the processes that he went through and, and knowing that he didn't, he, we were shown where he was going. We were showing, we were shown his, his method of thinking. We were showing his, his, his scientific process rather than just, and then I did this yeah. and this was the answer. I liked it. Well, I, I think can it, get where it would get tedious, but, um, and I think yeah, it was like, so in the beginning, I didn't really mind it. It's just, as it went on, I was like, oh, it's going to be like this, the whole book. Then I started to get a little resentful that I was like, <laughs> I can sit through here and like basically just sit there and watch him over his shoulder as he like just putters around. <laughs> Which is interesting. Cause then I felt like as you get towards the end of the book and he's doing the more like be clearly not established science instead of us then having to witness it it was just being told to us but by that point we had actually witnessed enough of the science that we could then trust him that he was doing the science and then it almost became our own fallacy because we all just assumed he was doing the correct science and then he realized he royally fucked up and nearly screwed rocky over in the process because he didn't actually be careful as a scientist should be. And he introduced multiple unknown elements as opposed to just changing nitrogen level. Um, 
so I think by having all of that science, it really emphasizes how much of a mess up that was for him because he stopped thinking like a scientist after a certain he point. He got relaxed. Got relaxed and was survival. And, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think it was purposeful, but he did it in The Martian. I didn't want read Artemis, so I don't know if he... Mm, no, Artemis came from more of an engineer point of view. Oh, okay. She was like a thief sort of thing. It wasn't okay. like lots of science. I'm surprised you liked Artemis because it was a heist and you have said repeatedly that you hate heists. But it wasn't like a YA heist. And it was, I, I really don't remember a lot of it, but I remember being confused because, yeah, I, I saw like reviews where people didn't like it. And they didn't like the female character. She didn't seem like a female. I was like, it's more relatable to me than a lot of female characters. I, I like the character. I couldn't I get into the, the story. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, I do remember enjoying it. Um, but that's horrible. <laughs> like I could not have told you what it was about other than that she was on the moon. Yeah, she was trying to get back to Earth. She yeah, and so she was like trying to if I remember this correctly, it's been a while since I've read it. She I was she was running around in like a spacesuit at some point. Yeah, I think she was trying to get back to Earth and then she was like in some situation that required a cross and a double crossing, and then it was revealed that basically her people being the lower levels of Artemis were about to be royally screwed over by the higher levels of Ar- the Artemis colony. Um, See, this and like she, almost every moon story. Yeah, then, so then so. she had to resolve it, um, but she wasn't interested in necessarily, like, she wasn't, she, again, wasn't a heroic character. She wasn't interested in being a hero. Um, and so she was resisting what she needed to do in order to resolve the problem. And then... And ended up choosing this the highly self-sacrificing thing and thought she was going to die. And if I remember correctly, somehow she doesn't die. It's been a while. I'm I'm probably missing very key part, parts of that. But that, if I remember correctly, that was all that was. Um, plus, I think she came to terms with that one point that because she was born and raised on the moon that she actually couldn't go back to Earth. Um, like she thought she could. She was led to believe she could. And then she discovered that they had all been lied to. And they, once you were born off of Earth, you couldn't just... Transfer to Earth. If it's typical to every sci-fi story out there, it's because your bone density isn't. Yeah. And so your bones can't withstand gravity on Earth. Yeah. Because you were born in space. So. All right. I think. No, we have to talk about the end. The okay. What? How? What would you like to talk about with the end? You guys didn't love the fact that he went to Rocky's planet and lived there for the rest of his life. No, I did. Possibly to return. We don't know. I don't think he returned. I think he... I don't think he returned either. I mean, he was already getting old and yeah. falling apart, so... But the potential was there. The meat burgers were kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> the meat burgers were kind of gross. Die, but it kind of sounds like hell. I mean, to me, obviously, him as a teacher teaching the young mm-hmm. rockling creatures. I don't remember if he... Oh, yeah. No, they did have a... The Iridians. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess if that's what floats his boat... He's not dead, so there's that. I, I mean, and again, this comes down to that whole weird cross-wire thing. <laughs> I, I didn't want him and Rocky separated, so I was cool with it. And it honestly, like, up until that moment, it, I wouldn't have given it as high rating I did. But then that moment happened, and it bumped up my rating. But again, I... I don't think it was a cro- cross-referencing to your... No, cross-wiring. Cross-wiring with your blue sex creatures. Oh my God! I didn't want Rocky. <laughs> I didn't want Rocky and him because I think he finally found somebody that he yeah, truly connected friends. with. Yeah, mm. and they were truly friends. And and I so I think he would. I I think he ended up in the exact right place. Um, even 
hearkening back to his cowardice and and his horrible decisions, he did ultimately make the right decision and... Yeah, no, I'm just saying my desire for that was driven by weird romantic side stories in other books where I just... I'm like, I shouldn't, I'm like, this isn't quite romantic, but, like, I'm also getting semi-romantic vibes, not in, like, a sexual context, but platonic. Not, not, it isn't romantic, it's not quite romantic, so I mean it's almost romantic. And there was a platonic romance between them, I would argue, maybe not, like... Like sex, no, it wasn't I, sexual, right, right. but like that would have been interesting. Oh god, they, they can't do it. They create bubbles, some, some tube, yeah, <laughs> for him to put the appropriate yeah, organs yeah, in the right no, place. No, no. I, I think it was a a platonic romance. I, I think you can have a platonic romance, and I think that people have romances all the time. We just don't traditionally look at them that way. So I, I think, think but I think but he couldn't live without him. I in think the end. it plays out very strongly as a platonic romance because you could feel Rocky's sadness knowing his friend was going to die long yeah. before him. And this, these, these people built this habitat for him to live in so he could live in happily and walk around and do the different things. Clearly a large habitat for him on their planet. Yeah. Knowing he was going to live a very limited amount of time on their planet. And so, they still did it. And yeah. Rocky visited him every single day. Yeah. And they sat in the same place on the same little romantic bench. Yes, I would say it's a romance. <laughs> it was a friendship. But it's but still it's a, a type of romance. I think it's it's not fair to claim that friendship isn't a romance. Are you- okay, go ahead. So the book was very, very good. I loved it from the beginning. Like I said, I was ready for the movie in the first three pages. <laughs> when I got to the end, it went to... I loved the book. I loved it. It... it it took one step further that the Martian never did. He was always isolated in the Martian, and in this one, he wasn't always isolated. Yeah, I wasn't expecting the alien. I honestly, up until Rocky shows up, thought that it was going to be the other spaceship full of people, and that he was going to, like, the second party was going to be sent out, and that's mm. who he was going to be interacting with. Because it says an unexpected surprise, and I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be that the other the other three-person party shows up, and they have to solve this together. And then it was an alien. I was like, oh, Okay, not quite what I thought, but I'm 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 gonna go with this. I'm gonna see where this goes. Cause yeah, that that did take me off guard. I, I honestly, particularly because I think they had already established at that point that there was two separate, an A team and a B team. I assumed yeah. it was the B team that he was about to meet up with. Um, not that didn't even occur to me. That's funny. Yeah, uh, wasn't the B team shorter person though? Because but we didn't they got know in the explosion. We didn't know they were short a person when at the very oh, beginning when okay. he before and he meets Rocky. they did hijack one other person, you yeah. know, to 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 do a three member team, so they could have found somebody else. Besides. But yeah, but, but we he didn't. Was already trained. He was already yeah. trained. And but he no, we did didn't have that information yet. So yeah, I yeah. thought he was going to be meeting okay. up with the B team, and so when it was like a complete alien spider creature, I was like. This is not the book I thought I had signed up for. <laughs> and I, and I loved that. it. <laughs> I didn't, this was not the book I thought I'd signed up for either. I, I didn't. It, it's just like the concept of algae in the ocean and then... Space algae. You can have space algae. <laughs> and, and, um, and that they would feed off of something that would be detrimental to our existence. And so that was... Did, was this book what you expected it to be? I... Don't remember even reading the summary, really. Um, so you just went, okay, we're reading this. <laughs> I think I read the summary a little bit <laughs> after I um, had started reading it. So I did see like the unexpected surprise, and I was like, what is he going to be seeing? At- 
Just keep talking. She what always is, meows. What is he going to be seeing out there that's unexpected? So it was like, maybe it'll be aliens. Maybe the astrophages will be doing something really weird. Um, but I still didn't think that we'd actually get like a third party alien until the ship showed up. So of course I got excited at that point because I do like um, first contact stories, especially when they're not just recolored humans. Um, <laughs> not down for the blue, blue smut. <laughs> I like the fact that the astrophage, the bad guy in this entire story was never an active thing. Yeah. It was only doing what it had to do because that's what it had to do. There was no malevol- malevolence. There was no... Yeah, nothing evil. Yeah. Or it was just simple, simple... Nature. Nature. Happening, and and it, they had to figure out a solution to... I'd even argued that, like, in terms of a bad guy, the bad guy was just the limitations of each species because mm-hmm. I don't think that he or Rocky would have been able to solve the problem without each other. No, I agree. It was the limitations of each species' development that hindered both of them from being able to solve the problem. Yeah, because how long was Rocky out there before he showed up? Like, like 200 years. Yeah, he, Rocky was out there for a long yeah. time. Yeah. He didn't have any... He couldn't do it. Yeah. 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 Um, everyone else died of radiation. Yeah. Yeah. And because he slept in the room, he slept in. Yeah. Surrounded by the, uh, the astrophage. Yeah. Um, saved his people. But yeah, I, I think that I think the bad guy in all of this was uh, each species' own limitation. Well, and I also like the fact that the um, John, Paul, George, and Ringo, the... the um, Beatles. The Beatles, the, the, the probes, were sent back. He got to be a hero. Yeah. Without ever his... Fallacies, his, his not yeah. fallacies, his, his limitations. limitations ever becoming in the light. And I was glad that we knew that they did successfully go back. Yeah. Um, I wonder what the scientists thought of the xenonite, because I think there was xenonite in the uh, Yeah, Eagles. there was. There was, because the... Um, yeah, he gave them a sample that was part of the deal. Yeah. Was, um, the containers for the... Amoeba? No, the... Uh, yeah, it was... was used on the outside of the I no inside aluminum container there was there was steel from rocky ship that was the exterior there was then the nitrogen hollow space in each of them and then there was the xenonite that actually housed the like samples so the reason why in those there was no leakage is because the nitrogen was actually completely around it to hinder leakage but the leakage was happening in the spaceship because those were just the interior um, yeah. farms. Not didn't have a nitrogen cloud around it, basically, right. um, for so the things couldn't escape because the the nitrogen but, was but too yeah, high. Yeah, those those initial scientists on Earth going, what is this? And then they this? read the little thing. Oh, what? How do you do? What? How do you do that? <laughs> but I, I did like the fact that we did get to at least know that. It successfully made it back. The sun was improved, but we didn't have to go through that whole what was Earth really like during exactly. that time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So on that note, we'll start with Kim. What is your star rating for this? Five out of five. Five out of five. Okay. Easy. I'll read it a hundred times. Okay. Sarah? Mm, uh, probably like a between it and uh... <laughs> <laughs> You get 3.75, maybe a 4. Okay, okay. Uh, for me, I, I kind of hinted already. Up until the very ending, it was hitting a strong 4. It was a lot of dense science to get through. I did have to take my time to read it, and sometimes I like to be able to just, like, fall into a book, and I didn't fall into this book. But the ending, like, secured it for a solid 5 for me. That that ending made me so happy, and I was 
so glad. So it had to be a five. So do you have any other book recommendations? Anything, this? Yeah. Anything by Michael Crichton has a, has a strong um, scientific undertones on it. Also, he's also a scientist and, and writes science fiction. Um, I read his books, all of them repeatedly. I enjoy them. <laughs> it's, and, and it, it was, I was actually halfway through this one when I finally went, Oh, that's, that's right. That's why I love his book so much is because I do like science fiction that's very deeply into science. Um, so anything by Michael Crichton, any of the old stuff that we had mentioned mm-hmm. earlier on, um, if you want to get into the more, I, I would say the, the really old science stuff is, you know, it's... It's drier. It, well, yeah. It's, it's, it's not as it's, much of an emotional connection yeah, for characters. Yeah. They were very much into the ex- exploration of the science yeah. versus actually like I developing solid characters. Both Andy Weir and Michael Crichton make science very understandable yeah so it's i i love the books the old stuff is also very theoretical i think it makes it nowadays we look back at it and it's like what were they trying to do um but i think they're they're good books to read any book recommendations from you sarah uh yeah so um denarius sing us the song of your people baby there you go um we shut her up Yes, when I tell her to sing her me the song of her people, she shuts up. How oh, funny! So I, I have a couple books that are eh, similar-ish. Um, so there's two books by Neil Stevenson. There's Seven Eves, which is kind of similar along the vein of trying to save humanity from a kind of like a natural catastrophe in space, basically uh, trying to save humans from extinction a bit more politics and people being terrible, but <laughs> very solid. Um, there's also another book he wrote, uh, which would be kind of different than this, uh, but it's called Anathem, and kind of like alternate universe scenario. Also a threat, but not so much like apocalyptic kind of setting, um, but it is one where there's more science-ish in it. <laughs> Not like experiments, but there is a lot of discussion about scientific principles and exploring a lot of different things there. Um, both are very dense reads. They're like a thousand pages, but they're good. Um, and then another book that this kind of reminded me of, I got vibes, uh, is Gateway um, by Frederick Pohl, which is a science fiction book from the late 70s. Um, that I read in college, so this is going to be probably a kind of inaccurate summary. Um, but it is more about people discovering alien artifacts in space. Not aliens, the aliens are long gone. And just kind of trying to use these artifacts to explore space. Um, I don't really know why it's so... It reminds me of this book, because it's not like there's an apocalypse going on. I don't think there's a lot of science, this kind of depth of science, but... I don't know something about the vibes. Okay, I don't. Oh, did you have another one or no? Nope, okay, just playing with. <laughs> okay, um, I don't. I don't have any book recommendations. This isn't like the strongest grouping. Yes. Can I add one more? Yeah. Contact. Contact. Okay. Yeah. Um, this isn't the strongest group that I read. I'm sure I have things, but I can't recall anything off the top of my head. Um, 
But if I think of anything, I'll put it up on our book recommendation page. So next time we are discussing, let me make sure I get this title right, because I think I've been messing it up the last few times. Oh, no, Aristotle and Dante. Yeah, Aristotle and Dante discover the universe. And Kim may be reading that book. I'm going to listen to it. She's going to listen to it. So that'll be fun. We'll actually get an audiobook perspective as opposed to a book perspective, which I think it's very important to listen or to have different ways to read books. So we will be doing that one next. And then I believe after that is In the Ravenous Dark by A.M. Strikeland. So uh, I think that's everything. So... Our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Bookpile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We, we'd we love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. And we do now have an email. It is Banter all together so bookpilebanter at gmail.com 